Hey, Rose, do you ever call up Royally Obsessed on Alexa? It's one of the easiest ways to listen to the pod. You can hear our latest episode every week there, thanks to Amazon Music, which has a full catalog of podcasts, including Royally Obsessed. All you have to do is say, Alexa, play Royally Obsessed on Amazon Music. Oh, no, mine is listening to me say that right at this moment. <laughs> a royal reminder, new episodes drop every Thursday. Tune in on Amazon Music. Now on to the show. Please rise for their majesties of Royally Obsessed, the podcast for all things royals. Stand by! Three cheers for Her Majesty the Queen! And we're back with another episode of Royally Obsessed after a week off, a little vacation. Can I just say that I missed you a lot? There were many moments of my vacation that I went to text you, but then I was like, no, she needs a break from me because we just were <laughs> no. on vacation. Let's never let's cut ourselves never. some slack here. It was wonderful though to have the week off. We need to talk about your trip to Maine, everything. But first, a couple of royal reminders. As always, follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast. Rachel, did you see the um, Diana fashion uh, polls that we're doing? Can we just shout out Maddie on our social media team? Unbelievable. Just basically, if you haven't checked it out, it's the option to choose your favorite Princess Diana fashion look. And then to see what the final results will be. I know that your pick is probably the sheep sweater as your all-time favorite. I can't decide. Some of those dresses that I haven't seen, like I just don't see that often on her. It's just so fun. I I just love the pink outfits too with the hats, everything. Anyways, getting distracted already. I feel like this is going to be a really long episode. I was going to take us on a tangent there. I won't. I won't. I'll stay on the schedule. (laughs) <laughs> As always, you can send us a listener email at info at gallerypodcast.com. We love to hear from you guys. We have a wonderful one this week. Quick catch up though. Rachel, how was Maine? It was great. It was, you know, Maine is the place when it's not a fan- pandemic that you can actually go to log off because there's very little internet service except if you bring it in yourself to your home and that's what it is. So I read a book. I like went to bed early. I fell asleep to the sound of the waves. It was just very therapeutic after the last 18 months. I needed it to just kind of recharge. But how was your week? So how was your long weekend with the fourth? It was good. It was really, really nice. Um, So we did half of our time at the beach and half of our time in Philadelphia, and it was lovely. Um, I've actually, from posting from Philadelphia, I've gotten some Roros that said they are also Philadelphians, so that's been really fun to connect with people. Wait, and you also have some Floridian Roros that we've been you've been corresponding with a lot there's a lot of connections yeah so I try to answer people like within a couple days but I am pretty bad at dms (laughs) recently but that was really fun and I am so after seeing your family vacation I'm so excited because I have a family vacation coming up at the end of the month so it's the best after a a year we didn't have them you know it's like we're really overdue and there's a lot of joy there so yeah anyways but a lot to get excited about on this episode in a word sports (laughs) (laughs) Um, Roberta and I were actually laughing ahead of recording because we might be the two most unqualified people to talk about sports, right? What are you talking about? I'm an expert (laughs) in sports. Go sports. Yeah, go sports. (laughs) General, just that's it. Um, I do love tennis. I just am learning the game and then it got cut off with the pandemic. I got to get back in it. But so anyways, we're talking about Royals at the Euro Cup, Wimbledon, more. Um, We're toasting B and Edo's one-year anniversary we're talking about the Harry and Meghan Lifetime movie. We got another teaser trailer, a possible Diana statue reunion, and so much more. So exciting. But first, as always, we will kick it off with a toast, a royal blink, blink. refreshment. 
And now it's time for the weekly royal cocktail. After the e- most epic royal refreshment episode last week with Noah, that was awesome. That's right. That's right. Well, I sadly, so not sadly, I'm back at the office in New York right now. I'm recording from our old office. Um for a team meeting and so I don't have anything fun but do you have something don't worry I did whip up a Pim's cup because it's in this (gasps) like kind of you know not festive mug but um when we were packing lo and behold we've had Pim's this whole time (laughs) so I was like let me set that aside and you had no idea you were like oh here it is no it was like in the back of a cupboard we had a really small kitchen in the apartment and so we were kind of cramming things in all different places just for the temporary space and I was like oh man this is great and then we always have ginger ale for some reason it's like a comfort beverage so I mixed it up that's how I did it I did the ginger ale version yeah yes love it well I love that you're on point with this because it is the 50th birthday of the Pims Cup oh, from Wimbledon. Cool. So it first was the first Pims bar opened at the 1971 Wimbledon tournament. And so that was 50 years ago. And then I looked this up today, over 80,000 cups of Pims and lemonade are sold each year at Wimbledon. 80,000. That's amazing. How about Mike and Zara Tyndall sipping their Pims cups at the game? I, or can you say game? See, I'm already messing it up. At the match. At the match. At the Sorry, match. Guys. Love it. <laughs> We're off to a great start with the sports. I'm not this inept with the sports. I just get the like the the vocab wrong. There's a lot of pressure with sports to get it all right, but we'll we'll get there. So we're toasting to Wimbledon, but also with our Pims cups. Mine is just uh, a pretend one. Um, Camilla turning 74 this Saturday. Happy birthday, Camilla! Happy birthday, Camilla! And last year we got two new photos of her at the Clarence House Gardens. But I wanted to point out, I put three links in our. I'm open them. Should I open them now? She is having. A style renaissance. Yes. Open the first one. Okay. Loading, loading, loading. My internet. The suspense. (laughs) Ooh. Oh, I'm into this. This is the cardigan. I'm very into this. The bright pink lemon print is very, I feel like, kind of Palm Beach Lily Pulitzer vibes. And then she has a light blue cardigan on. But the collar feels very fresh. It's like a shirt dress with a pretty print, a summary. I just feel like this is so summery for her. And she's I love choosing. that lavender, yeah. I feel like she should be on our Royal Refreshment She segment. should. She should. And then, okay, the next I got the one next is one. A, a green dress with white polka dots, and it's very chic. And then the third, another shirt dress. All three are shirt dresses, and this one has – Feathers, I think, is the print. And oh, it's navy yeah. blue. It's really oh, I lovely. Like that. She was at an event for the National Literary Literacy Trust. But I just think that she has had such a change in her style recently. And we just needed to talk about it. I need to mention yeah. it. I love the shirt dress too. I'm a big fan. That's that there's more of those in my closet this year. Yeah, you need to whip them out. We also have to toast. We just heard that Harry, Megan, and Oprah's interview got an Emmy nod. So the special with Oprah got an Emmy nod. The news just broke. It's in the category of hosted nonfiction series or special. Yeah. And the ceremony will be this September, September 19th, 2021. So will they attend for Gosh, I hope so, Roberta. Wouldn't that be exciting? Harry and Megan on the red carpet. I'm all about amazing. the red carpet in the fall. We've got yes, Earthshot yes, and then yes. the Emmys and let's see those royals. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, so many fancy dresses coming up. All right, yes. moving on. All right. Well, we have a wonderful and very thought-provoking listener email this week. It says, Hi, as a Scandinavian listener, I will kindly mention that there is a third royal born in the USA. Princess Leonor Lillian Maria was born February 19th, 2014 in New York. She is the Swedish king Carl Gustaf's second grandchild. The family lives in Florida. 
Florida shout out. There you go. <laughs> um, thanks for the interesting podcast. Do you ever consider talking about the Scandinavian royals? I do think it could be real interesting to focus on the Norwegian princess Martha Louise, daughter of the Norwegian king Harold, because she has this very controversial boyfriend who is from and lives in L.A., California. He is a shaman called Durek. The Scandinavian Whoa. newspapers have been writing a lot about him and the relationship for years. Kind regards from Lena. I think this is off the heels of us. So because she points out that that was the third royal born in the U.S. Lil- Lilibet is actually the third royal. I think we called her the second royal born mm-hmm. in the U.S. Oh. So I'm glad that she wrote in to correct us. Lena, thank you for that. But also this just got me thinking about other countries' royals and how – Totally. Wild and interesting some of it is. I mean, the most recent and most talked about press is Princess Charlene. Roberta, and this story, Roberta sent me a link to this story. What's going about on with that? What's going on with Prince Albert and Charlene? And I went down the rabbit hole. I don't know about you. I just think that I'm so head down and focused on the British royal family that I miss a lot of this stuff because I have the blinders on. But then when you look into it, it's like, this is absolutely – like. First off, she tried to not get married to him like or three something. times. And she kept being thwarted in her attempts to like go back home. To escape the marriage? Like according some, to this story. To give us a crash according to this story. In- we need a we need more information. But this is pretty fascinating. And also like the number of illegitimate children. What is the illegitimate children thing? Prince Albert, supposedly this was before they got married, but also during their engagement, there were a couple of illegitimate children that he fathered and potentially a third which is the latest scandal so but then now she's kind of in south africa quarantining because of medical reasons but so she missed their wedding anniversary she, she stayed missed there. their wedding anniversary but then people are saying like sh- she's like out and about and fine and posting pictures of facetiming the kids so like What's going on? It's just, it's all so... It's it's, drama is what's going on. So much drama. Like, this needs to be a Lifetime movie, I feel like. This is really interesting. Step aside, British royals. Yeah, for real. (laughs) The next podcast coming soon. We also have to mention that there is a Norwegian royals podcast called Undershuntana. I'm definitely butchering that. But I believe it's called Undershuntana, which is in English, it means the subjects. And we had a lovely invite to go on. We Our schedules couldn't accommodated at the time but if you're interested i think they do a lot of the episodes in english so you can listen to that for more background i definitely want more background on princess charlene i'm gonna look into this further i'm also very curious about the spanish royals like there's so much so many royal families i love her fashion is incredible she's amazing yeah so much great thought starter there thank you for writing us lena Moving on, This Week in Royal History. And now, This Week in Royal History. Happy anniversary, one year, to Princess Beatrice and Edo. I can't believe it has been a year since they got married in that total surprise ceremony, July 17th, 2020. And it was a Friday, too. It was like the most lovely weekend surprise. And to see all the symbolism, the dress was the queen's, and to be married you know, in this tiny little chapel, the, the fairy tale kind of background of all of it and them standing in a field. It was just so lovely. Well, and I remember also just because it's such a time marker for me of the pandemic because we just really needed a lift. Like, do you remember going into that weekend? Like we were just everyone. I mean, the world was completely falling apart for many reasons, not just the pandemic, but 
it was such a bright spot to see. I think it was also like the airiness with the florals and the intimacy mm-hmm. of the ceremony and the example they were setting with the micro wedding. It was it was a real the micro wedding. Yeah, yes, such a trend yes. at the time. It was new. But uh, yeah, I, I also think for me, it's really poignant. I looked back. If you click that link there for you, Roberta, there okay. the photo with Prince Philip and Queen Elizabeth. Oh, I mean, yeah. I can't believe it's only been a year and he's no longer with us. It's you know, very poignant, I'm sure, for them to be celebrating and and have a baby on the way. And like not, I mean, you don't, you would never think like any kind of ill health or anything. Like, no, he's like ramrod straight. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's very signature. He's beaming at them as a couple, which is so sweet. I feel like, uh, and it was such a surprise too. I think that's what's you know, most exciting about this was all the royal weddings up till this point, we've always had such a big lead up and so much speculation and, Mm -hmm. you know, so many predictions, so much coverage of it. But then this is like such a wonderful, happy surprise. So absolutely. Congrats on your one year anniversary. I know. But my question is, do you think that they'll, because the COVID guidelines, I looked them up, you can now have a big celebration in the UK. It says from July 19th on, there are no limits on the people, number of people who can attend services or receptions. Outdoor, they could already, you know, if they have it outdoors, they can that's been lifted over there. So I'm curious if we'll get like a surprise. They did like a a real deal wedding, you know? I feel like they will do something. Like if they do something outdoors, they can do it on Saturday, which is their actual anniversary. And that would be so sweet to have. I feel like a lot of people, a lot of brides are doing that where they had like a really small wedding or a micro wedding last year. And now they're finally able to have that big, huge party that they Mm -hmm. wanted. Although I was looking it up and it was rumored that B and Edo had a big party they actually not a big party, but a, a party with a bouncy house after oh, their yeah. ceremony, and they had glamping pods. Was for, it Fergie super involved in that or something? Yeah, the rumor, and there the was, rumor was I that? think it was thirty people max, so it was still pretty small actually. But everyone was able to stay in the glamping pods at the Royal Lodge, Sounds so it was fabulous. Like, <laughs> so fabulous! I'm sure they had like amazing Italian catering because of Edo. So and then we'll weren't have they to get excited on like a small honeymoon in like France or something. I don't yes, know. I remember yes, all the like cool Southern like France. buzz about that at the time. But we also had from B a possible accidental gender reveal this past week. She had a girl's dinner in Mayfair and she was holding a pink rabbit behind her back and she had a pink mask with a bee and a crown on it. So Roberta, what do you think? What does it I'm mean? I'm totally convinced it's a girl. I mean, I'm like hands yeah. down, like she tried to hide it, which it's like when you try to hide it, it's clear that that's a confirmation. Yeah. Like it has to be. Because it was be like a, a made for her mask. Like it was. if there's a bee on it, it's, you know. And so. it was pastel pink and the bunny was pastel pink. Like, and if it wasn't that, why would you hide it? I don't know. I just I just think that we just got confirmation it's a girl. So I'm super yeah, excited. Very Another exciting. royal girl for this oh, year. I love it. Yeah, the due date is this fall, so it's coming up. But so fast. Happy Annie. Yes. This week in news. So two big sports stories. We'll try to <laughs> Let's get do it <laughs> with, uh, without butchering too many of these technical terms. You should here. have seen me when I was watching. I were so we're about to talk about the Euro Cup, but when I watched with Matt, I was like, because when it went into penalty kicks, every in between each one, I had to be like, okay, what happens next? What yeah. happens next? So yeah. then they kick. Does it alternate? What happens? What happens? What happens? And I was, he was like, that Can just, you just adds to the stop. stress of it. And then I was you like, leave in the room. I was so stressed out. It was well, get into it, Roberta. I won't cut. Yeah, down. I guess we should. Call it football, right? I should tech it, it's, football it's football over there. So yeah. I'm gonna refer to it as football. So the Euro Cup 2020 match, sadly, England lost to Italy. Although heartbreaking. You know, if you're cheering for Italy, go go Italia. I know. No. I think I saw in the Facebook group there were a lot of Italian rowros that were just like, I mean, we're sorry about the loss. We love the Royals, but woohoo. <laughs> 
I also feel like Italian fans are just like so extra about it. So, and I, I'm very Italian. So, um, unfortunately, the trophy did not come home. Everyone's saying it's coming home. The hashtags everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of babies, Eugenie posted August in his little England onesie. Did you see that before? Why the match? do I always miss Eugenie's oh, Instagram post? I got to put the notifications on for her. They're I so do. good. I do. She had she had him in a little white onesie with the England team Aww. flag on it, and it was so cute. Anyway, so it's been 55 years since England won a major football tourney, which is why this is so heartbreaking. The last time was the World Cup in 1966. On Sunday, we saw Kate, William, and George attend the match. And while it was heartbreaking, it was super exciting to see the family all together. Also, there was Zara and Mike Tyndall. They weren't pictured there, but they shared – Mike shared pictures, of course, from the event. He's always he's always a good uh, royal to follow for – I feel like just candid posts. He's the best. Also, Tom Cruise was there, Kate Moss, David Beckham, and his kids. I missed the fact that Tom Cruise was there. So I had to go back and and Google that and look it up. And I, you know, I'm a weird Tom Cruise fan via Matt. Like, I just like the guy and his acting. So he seemed really beaming and all that stuff. I love Mission Impossible. The funny thing was he let Kate, William, and George out like he he was very polite and they were like trying to leave the stadium pretty quickly and he stood and like made sure they could get past him in this one little video that I saw so that was really sweet I thought that was like a nice gesture from him um we saw Kate change from her Wimbledon look which was the pink belted Beulah dress into black trousers a belt white tee and a white blazer what did you think of this look I loved it. I mean, it was representative of the team's colors, right? That was the idea. I loved the statement earrings. The giant earrings. Yeah. I loved them. Oh, the red. But I don't know if I could pull those off. Like, I really, you know, thought about the purchase because they were still available. I think they are still available. They're $93 from Blaze. Um, I don't know if I can pull them off. What do you think? I, I say as I'm wearing look, big, bulky headphones. <laughs> I thought this look was super attainable, super easy to recreate. They are the ones that she wore are huge, and she, I think, because of her height, and I don't know, something about it. Like she has the facial structure to do that. Yeah, I would look a little bit silly in earrings that big, but I do love a big statement earring. So but that red, I, the the richness of the striking. hue. I'm like, and she what? actually, <laughs> you didn't doing that. I'm gesturing <laughs> at the camera with like weird. <laughs> And you didn't see it in the um, in a lot of the photos, but she did have a red crocodile shoulder bag. It was by Mulberry, so that was a like a cool tie-in as well with the colors. The videos are priceless of the family. I feel like that first goal in the first two minutes when George loses his mind, William too, both of them, yeah. it kind of like all any like pomp, whatever circumstance, all went away for especially for William. He was just like. Whoa! Like the kind the of fist like pump. the fist pump in the and air. the jump, the fist pump yeah. jump at the same time. I was he like, forgot Whoa, don't himself fall out of in that stance. moment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like wait, wait, wait. I'm not royal for a second. Such glee. And the fact that he hugged mom and dad too, like it was really, really sweet. And then the the pictures when it was obvious that England was going to lose. I know. And they're all kind of holding each other. It was so sweet. I mean, it's also heartbreaking at it that age. I mean, you. it's like, I feel like that will, I was talking about it after the fact. I'm like, I feel like that will be something that's a wound for George for the rest of his life. Like He'll when, always remember If it. and when they make it back to another kind of moment like that, you know, it's just going to be a deep wound. As it is where, you know, we've all gone through that with the sports teams we love. 
Totally. He'll always remember. But I do think, like, it's also the happy memories of being at the match yes, with, his, with parents, his parents. Both yeah. his parents. Like, they're not, there's not that many times that they've done that. So When he hugged Kate, that was a real moment. You're totally right. What did you think of his little miniature suit? Uh, like, he's basically William and tiny form. It I mean, I so think it's cute. interesting because I think he looked so cute. I love the sort of dress code for yeah. all, you know, you know, David Beckham, Tom Cruise, everyone was pretty formal at that game. I think that it's a respect for the team, but also, you know, they're celebs, so. And George looked a lot older to me than he has recently. Like, mm-hmm. his hair parted to the side with the comb over. Like, yeah. people were saying he just looks like a little adult now, which he is does. so crazy because I actually really loved, there was a reaction shot, and I tried to find the video clip of it um, to send to you, but just watching right before the penalty kick started Kate was just kind of like she looked a little like oh great like this because it had already been a little bit of overtime and then you think about the time difference I mean it was nearing probably 11 11 30 p.m in the UK and here's like little George up way past his bedtime and she way had this past. like moment I'm sure she was stressed about the game and what might happen but as I read it I was like is that a stress mom moment where she's like oh my god bedtime <laughs> I don't well, know. also that was like, my head. and they're they know they're being photographed so much at this game, like they can't have like a couple beers. That's what I, I kept know. thinking, like, oh, that kind of sucks. Yeah, right. Yeah, to take the edge off. Ugh. totally. I totally agree. Yeah, and then past bedtime, I feel like George got like such a taste, probably too, of like the fandom that is England. And I guess we can get into that now because it really turned to the worst afterward Mm -hmm. where we were hearing reports of racism against players, particularly the three black players who missed their penalty kicks at the end and caused England to lose the game. So they have been facing a torrent and continuing to this day, a torrent of racism online, in person. There's been murals of those players defaced around communities in England, a bunch of online trolls. I just feel like awful, awful stuff. So William tweeted a statement a day after, and it said, I am sickened by the racist abuse aimed at England players after last night's match. It is totally unacceptable. The players have to endure this abhorrent behavior. It must stop now, and all those involved should be held accountable. And he signed it, W. The backlash to this statement in particular, which there's nothing wrong with this statement at all, but the backlash is intense as well. And Mm -hmm. that is because a lot of people are saying, where were you when your own sister-in-law was facing this racist abuse? Yeah. And so to think, you know, there wasn't a statement about Meghan Markle's abuse by, you know, the tabloids and by online trolls. And yet here he is coming, always coming to, you know, the defense of football. And, and that, he's the president know, of the Football Association. Exactly, yep. exactly. So he very much speaks up in those moments. So is it too little, too late? What do you think? I mean, I think that it's it's definitely really complicated. I think that performative anti-racism is something that we've talked about on this podcast. Like, is that what this is? It's a real problem. I feel like that's the hard part with William's tweet, but also the monarchy in general, is we we really don't have any specific knowledge of what's being done behind the scenes. And I do genuinely believe that William is really angered by what's happening to the players. I mean, we all are. It's it's yeah. horrific. But it then it's just what everyone's talking about is that there's never been a direct acknowledgement of what happened to Meghan and in turn Harry that led ultimately to their exit. And that is his flesh and blood, his family. And, you know, I don't think... It's almost their downfall that as a family, they don't talk about personal matters because I think that's what people... I mean, they're all 
celebrities in their own right. You know, we talk about them constantly. They're in the public spotlight. So for them not to share information about their family, it feels like the people need to know, I guess, is what Well, what it's I'm like leading by example. And yeah. I feel like William in particular is definitely capable of scathing statements, indictments of bad behavior. I mean, we saw that with the BBC. He didn't mince words with what he wanted to get across about his anger over the Martin Bashir interview. It just makes it all the more difficult that he won't speak up against the media's mistreatment of Megan. And I think that it's not to say that this is all on William's shoulders. Like, I want to be clear. I yeah. love William. I really I do. I just want to see growth from him. And Same. also, I feel like the hardship for him is he's the representation of the modern monarchy. And I think as part of that love and belief in him, we want him to demonstrate that. I don't know if I'm wrong. What do you think? I No, I totally agree. I also, like, I love William. I love the Cambridges. Mm-hmm. So it's really hard. But I do think there's something about, like, it's almost like your in-laws, like, he never accepted her mm-hmm. into the family, really. And so he, I, I think for him, maybe he thinks that, and I'm just putting words in his mouth, I definitely don't know if this is the the fact, but he he doesn't want to draw attention to that now because it will reflect badly that they didn't do anything before. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like Megan said, like she had been dealing, she had been struggling with mental health for so long and then nothing was done and that staff told her like, don't go seek help, you know? So I just think that it just reflects badly to address it now. So they really are trying not to. But I think but that's people where, realize that. There's such yeah. a paper trail now with social media that we we all know that nothing was said and it just need it feels like it needs to be addressed. Still. Well, and I think that that's the thing that feels like it's okay if you made a mistake in the past. It's the acknowledgement and the owning up yeah. to it and saying how you're not going to you're going to work to not let that happen again. Like I think it's again just I, I don't know. I had a teacher in the sixth grade that was like, own your mistakes. Like, and I yeah. remember, you know, it's like, don't pretend it didn't happen. And I think yeah. that feels a little bit like what's going on. But yeah. Well, I mean, and to be clear, like this, and I just think that this statement is like amazing. Like William coming to the defense, yeah. speaking up about this. That's incredible. Like that is it's what you want to see so right away admirable. from a position exactly, of power. Exactly. Exactly. And like, if we had heard such a scathing indictment of the racism that Meghan Markle had faced in the tabloids, that would have that would have changed. I feel like the course of history almost. You mm-hmm. know, absolutely. And to, to know that 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 he's capable. I guess it's knowing now that he's capable of such a statement, and and it's not for that reason. Um, even just in in general, the British royal family last summer after the murder of George Floyd and all of the riots and all nothing. of the upheaval, there's nothing because they felt it was too political, but it's not political. And so I think that that's where there's so much learning to be done. Yeah, um, of course. I, w- I did want to also mention that one thing that was bubbling up in, in all the people I follow as well in the UK immediately after the game ended was also devastatingly, a lot of posts about domestic violence hotlines, because I think that was, you know, really coming, you know, right after the game. And it's the really dark side of these sporting events, you know, also loss is good for the soul. Like when you lose a game, like people take it, I know that they take it so, so seriously, but it's, it's terrifying. So yeah, I, and I do feel like, you know, you can grow from it and it's like, can. It's, it's not the darkness, it's the dawn. So Matt Haig posted a great quote about that on his Instagram, you know, the, what loss, um, does for the character. And now I'm not going to, I'm going to butcher it here, but, uh, look yeah. it up on his Instagram. So
more sports, more sports, Wimbledon. Uh, so I had to revisit Kate's video where I remember last year we didn't have Wimbledon. It was completely yes. canceled. And it was I like completely the whole line, this. it will be worth the wait. And I yeah. gotta say it was. I feel like there was quite a dramatic start because Kate had to self-isolate after a potential COVID exposure. Um, but you know what? The fact that she did that, I thought was an incredible example because that is what you're supposed to do following the UK guidelines, 10 days of isolation. She was alerted on the Friday that she was at Wimbledon. And um, so I'm not sure. I think they were a little bit. I was going to say, we don't know if it was like someone with COVID or someone who had been exposed. Yeah, we don't know a lot of the details, but she needed to self-isolate. And we don't even know the exact date of her exposure. I believe she was informed on Friday because she was back July 2nd at Wimbledon the following Friday, which wasn't the full 10 days. But I know she was doing those lateral the tests at home. She, I think I read she had four negative tests yeah. and she's had both doses of the vaccine. So she's really well protected, it seems like. Um, yeah. And so she followed still, the proper protocol, yeah. but I think seeing that was really admirable on her part. Um, and she also wore masks in all the designated areas that she was supposed to. As she walked around Wimbledon, we saw a lot of that. And I think some, question, some were questioning the timing because it, it was sort of hinted at that she clearly has had the second dose, but the UK guidelines for the second dose are an eight-week gap, and I believe that's been expedited, so you could tighten that up, and she had her first dose at the end of May, which obviously it hasn't been a full eight weeks, but the implication or the idea is that she's already had her second dose. Right. So it's. I think there was a lot of buzz and kind of conversations about that, but she definitely- has had two doses, it sounds like. Yeah, I think they confirmed she has two doses. And I also think what's scary right now is just the surge of the Delta variant and yes. how we're seeing a spike in cases now, even in the U.S. Um, I was just looking at the caseload and how it's gone up in the past couple of days. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just think that that's probably pretty scary. And so she did do the right thing. Like, totally, she absolutely totally did. Agree. Yeah. I feel like I need to be wearing my mask more after feeling it's hard yeah. because after feeling so comfortable for a while, yeah. it's really hard to get back into it. You're like, no, I know. And I there's all these conversations about like booster shots coming, you know, potential yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. I wanted to say one thing that I thought was uh, kind of fun a little, you can click this link, Roberta, this says Kate's strawberry hack. So she was helping with food prep on that first Friday that she was at Wimbledon as part of her role. Whoa. And her, we see the Kate Middleton strawberry pitting scoop is she uses a spoon and she kind of gets in there and takes the stem out. And I thought, you know, you heard it here first, Kate Middleton's she's strawberry hack. Yeah, you know in the kitchen she's got it on lock. She knows she's what also she's got, doing. Um, she's made sure the apron looks cute by looping it around in the back and then tying it in a bow in the front. Nice. That's hard to do. With also, a little waist. Aprons don't a- always look cute. I usually like double it up like a little yes. bit so it's more at my natural waist to make it yep. a little she more did that. flattering. She did a good job. I love the strawberry hack, though. That's really smart. Anyways, we saw a ton of amazing appearances at Wimbledon. Zara and Mike Tyndall, as we mentioned, with their cheers, cheers, Pimps Cup. Um, I believe this was a date night for them. They looked so great. I love Zara's bob. I don't know if that's a fresh cut or what, but it's just a really sleek hairstyle. And maybe it's because I'm in my head about the length of my hair. I can't wait to get back to New York and get a really wonderful haircut. (laughs) Is that snobby that I'm waiting for New York? I just haven't. Se- I just realized I haven't seen your hair in so long because it's been like in a ponytail. Down, I feel like it's the longest it's been in my life. Even oh, even my God. husband was like, maybe get a haircut soon. <laughs> are you gonna go blonde or are you? No, I think the last haircut natural. I got was taking me a little bit red, and I loved that. So I, love that I think too. I might go back in that direction. Uh, but I felt I'm excited, to inspired see. by the you know Zara's haircut. Very sleek, very modern. Yeah, mm-hmm. I liked the very like bluntness of it. And then we had B and Edo 
Roberta, the polka dots. What did you think? That is a post-COVID outfit. That's for sure. <laughs> I mean, holy moly, those sleeves. It just is. And I, I, I'm saying this in like the most loving and admiring way. It is a lot. Like it's a lot. It's it's a dress that you wear when you want to be seen. It's I think it was by Self Portrait. Self Portrait was the brand, yeah. And with the bump, there's just a lot, a lot of polka dots everywhere. Um, I think <laughs> I just feel like it's something that we all I'm have watching in our- Roberta's evolution as she assesses the look. <laughs> it's just something my my uh, my facial expressions are really animated. It's just something that we all have in our closet that we were like so excited about wearing for the first time out after quarantine, and then it's like you put it on and you're like. Bam. I was going to say bam. That's what I was going to throw in there. Bam. (laughs) Like, do you have an outfit that you've been saving this whole time? This is what it feels like. It's like she she was like, I'm ready to wear this dress. I mean, I definitely feel like there were a lot of purchases made going for springtime in the city that have not – they still have the tags on. And so I feel like I'm thinking about those. But I I did really like it. I felt like it was Diana and Fergie-esque of like the 80s. It was really – It was, yes. It had a huge wow factor. And it was not your average maternity style. I mean, she really – she went all out. And I do think you're right. Like, bring your A game as you get out of the, out of the pandemic. That's you know, what it felt like. You dressed yeah, to totally, impress. Totally. I thought it was um, funny she had a mask moment where it was definitely below her nose. Did you oh, see that photo? I didn't see that, no. I feel like it may have been the angle. So I don't want to, like, get on her about it. But when she was taking her seat – and also, you're probably juggling. You're trying to get to your seat. So it was just, and like – And it's hot and she's yeah. pregnant and it's a lot. Like, I just feel like that was, like, all – it was all she's so outside. much – She's outside. I'm not she worried about it. She looks cute, though. I will say – like, I don't want to be – like, I think she, she looked, looked cute. beautiful. Yeah. It was just yeah. – I think, like, <laughs> it just was loud. It was a loud dress. I didn't expect it. But it I was do- very Wimbledon. It was very, like, appropriate it was very Wimbledon. for Wimbledon. And do you think they all – because all the royal women wore polka dots, like, in the same three days. Yes. It was, like, Sophie, Kate Middleton had polka dots, Beatrice – so many polka dots, yeah, which I was totally. like, okay, I guess I need to get something that has polka, polka dots, dots on it. I'm, I'm on board. That's, that's the trend. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I just, I, I loved it. Um, I feel like Kate and William, then Kate returned. You know, she was back by the second weekend of Wimbledon. She she is patron of all England tennis and croquet clubs. So it's important that she's there. She hands out the trophies, all of that stuff. But her Amelia Wickstead green dress was Stunning. on point. Stunning. And the white heels, like it just was a very crisp tennis look. I loved that. I actually liked that in a lot of pictures, it kind of blends in with the court a little bit because Mm -hmm. she is presenting trophies to people. So it's not about her. And so that kind of was like a nice nod to like, okay, like, you know, I'm here, but I'm also like matching the court. I'm not standing out in a blatant bright color. So I did like it. I think I, it's hard. It's a toss up between the green and the pink. I don't know. The Beulah London. I love the belt on the pink. I think, and the high neck, that's very me. So I I, I liked that a lot. The the hue of the pink. Like it wasn't Mm -hmm. too, it wasn't exactly bubblegum. Like it could have been a hair more towards bubblegum and it would have been too much, but it was just a very delicate soft pink. I really liked that. I saw a report that was like, it looks so outdated and like so like 50s housewife and I was like oh no really I feel like it's so stylish yeah and she had that really chic vintage clutch too which was really cool I loved her dad joining and I also just love Kate doing the wave faces yeah doing the wave I just love her her reaction shots like every time I see you know people put together the like slideshow of all of her like reactions to the to the game she's so in the moment there she it's the right patronage for her yeah totally and it just reminds me of the match the Wimbledon match where Megan and Pippa and Kate were all sitting mm-hmm. together and how lovely that was and how it seemed like they got along so well in the stands and were chatting about the players and stuff. So it just, 
yeah. also is a reminder of that too. Yeah, so. maybe someday we'll get back to that. I Who know, knows? I hope so. I will say, this was a fun fact I learned. So the Royal Box obviously is incredibly VIP. So there's 74 seats. And apparently, effective 2003, no bowing is required um, to the Royals. Because otherwise, every time someone stood up to, like, exit, they'd have to bow to, like, the, you know, Kay William. But they just, like, did away with it because it was too much. And that was an order by the Duke of Kent, actually. He was the one that made the change. And the only exception is the Queen and Prince Charles. So if they are present, then you have to bow. But And it's just, I think, for that, you know, the royal box. So I just thought that was kind of cool. I was wondering about that for the Euro Cup because, I mean, it's not a royal box. It's just, like... It's a celebrity box, but the only person that really bowed when William and Kate got up was Boris Johnson. Oh, yeah, and he, like, I did, did see a very mm-hmm. um, kind of like deep, deep bow. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was um, so that was interesting, but no one else did. So yeah. I didn't know if that was a rule too. But that's that's so interesting. Very celebratory time. We did see the Duke of Kent, who's the Queen's cousin. It, it, this event marked his retirement from pres- as president of the All England Lawn Tennis Club. Over fifty years of service doing that, so it was a grand occasion. His, you know, sort of farewell to that role. All right. Before we adjourn the Royal Pod, here are our highs and lows. It's time for the Royal Highs and Lows. My low this week is sad news that Eugenie had to cancel Baby August christening. It was supposed to be Saturday. Maybe all the sports got in the way. But I think it was actually, <laughs> the report said it was actually one of the guests had a COVID scare. And we're not sure if that was Kate or whether she would have been invited or whatever. But Eugenie and family and Queen Elizabeth were all set to gather at the All Saints Chapel in Windsor Great Park, which is where Beatrice got married one year ago. In observance of coronavirus rules, no more than 30 people were expected to attend the ceremony, but of course that has been postponed, so we'll have to wait and see when they announce it. Yeah, details were definitely a little bit murky on that too. I felt like I was trying to get more intel, but it was vague. But 30, I think, would include the Cambridges, I would think. Oh, I think so too, yeah. Yeah. But she was already back at Wimbledon at that point, so. Oh, true. Yeah, so I think that her isolation would have been over, but. Right. My low, <laughs> don't at me, but I feel a little unsure about the Harry and Meghan escaping the palace film that is set to come out in the fall. There was a second teaser trailer that dropped. We're going to play a quick clip from that. I never thought this would be easy, but I wanted to make the queen proud. Let everyone understand it. The monarchy is at stake. The monarchy will always survive. Oh, this is the <laughs> Lifetime Harry and Meghan movie. The and Lifetime it's a se- Harry and is Meghan. Is it a sequel to the... There's, I, this I, is the third, Roberta. Oh, see, this is terrible. I have never watched I haven't Lifetime either. Movies. So this is where I might be talking out of turn. I got to check it out because the reviews of the previous two are saying that it's just a goldmine for royal fans. So I need to watch it. <laughs> Roberta and I are going to watch it together. Um, but Wouldn't we be laughing the whole time? This is such a like silly... I, I don't know. It's just William's funny. quote in particular is just like, you know, the monarchy is at stake. Like it's just so dramatic <laughs> and cheesy. And I think maybe I'm sort of expecting the 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 dramatics from the crown. So I don't yeah. know. Something's throwing me off. You know, I looked it up. Reviews of the past said 
It didn't disappoint. And we've got a Diana appearance in this one. So oh, that's I'm just, cool. I'm curious. Okay, yeah, we should maybe like do a movie watching night and yeah. watch all three of Send them. Send us a note if we're totally off base about this. But the, the teaser trailer was a little like, hmm, to me. <laughs> Is it? Well, it's just weird that they take Megan's actual quote that she said, which was, I think it was, I never expected it to be easy, but I expected it to be fair. Well, which but then from, they, they changed the quote. They so changed says, the quote to yeah. be, I expected, I wanted to make the queen proud yeah. or something. But when is this out? Do you know? There's still not a confirmed date, but it's the fall. Okay, the fall. Okay. So, so coming soon. We'll have to take a look at that. Um, my high this week is that there might be another statue unveiling in September, and this would include Megan and possibly even Archie and baby Lilibet. So according to The Sun, Kensington Palace has plans for a bigger event than the one we saw recently to honor Princess Diana, and it'll be able to accommodate a lot more people, and apparently Harry is expected to attend. It's hoped that Megan would also join, so this could be the first time we see her across the pond this year so who knows it's all kind of rumors but another one more events like that well I I think think that the statue too like warrants a big event and they weren't able to have that so it does feel like there needs to be something celebratory for it right yeah and I keep feeling I I just am so eager to see it in person because I keep seeing more and more pics of people just saying exactly that it the pictures will never do it justice. It's amazing in person. So, Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Ooh, good to yeah, know. Yeah, some from travel bloggers I follow and stuff like that. So anyways, my high, I'm, I'm repeating myself, was just, again, royal fashion this week. I loved it. Kate's statement earrings, Bee's polka dot maternity dress. Also, Phoebe Divinor's, I call her royal adjacent, but her cutout knit dress that she wore uh, to Wimbledon. But in particular, I also really love Sophie's me and M dress. And talking, we talked about the polka dots. That actually was on my shopping list, but what? I didn't buy it because of, okay, backing up. Beth and Holt put it in a must-have dress roundup for spring, and I had the tab open for months, um, I think a couple months, but I kept talking myself out of it because where was I going, right? Like, I'm not going to Wimbledon. I'm sitting at home for the most part riding out this the tail end of this pandemic. But now I checked, and it's still in stock. Can I sell my husband on the expense of it? Probably not. <laughs> I wonder if Sophie found it the same way as you through like the Telegraph so. round. Because Bethan so is cool. amazing and such yeah. a talent. And it looked beautiful on Sophie. So it made me kind of it, now it's back on my mind again. You know what I love about this too is like a lot of the looks lately have been so accessible, like the big statement earrings. I, I feel like a lot of us have big beaded earrings in our closets that we can totally just put on. And I think, oh, also there was a picture of Kate leaving. Wembley and she had her long shot beige like tote bag which is so like mom going to a sporting event let me throw in the sunscreen and all this stuff into my tote bag so I thought that was really funny too like alongside her mulberry bag her little cute cross shoulder so it's very we all gotta have a couple bags very mom going to a sporting event vibes but I just love it because I do have that old tote and it's so beat up and so such a staple such Such a a staple absolutely all right, well, before we close, we have a royal review. This one's titled Officially a Roro. Love all their recent updates, fashion takes, nods to royal history, their highs and lows, and special episodes. They are overtly hashtag Team Sussex, which is bewildering for such royal family supporters. That really took a turn there at the end. But I, I, do, <laughs> I do feel like we give equal attention to both, though. I do, I will too. Say. I mean, I think that it just is like we're following the news cycle a lot of the time. But um, I mean, I am Team Sussex. I'm also Team Cambridge. I feel like I'm not picking. That's what we you learned. Is pick. like, you, we're not, you know, we, you can love them all. <laughs> exactly. And we do. I feel like we do. And we share equal love for both of them. So yeah. Team Rose. <laughs> 
Team Roro. That's what we are. All right. Remember to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast. You can follow us personally. I'm at Robbie Frito. And I'm at RKBNYC. Until next week, God God save the pod. Her Majesties of Royally Obsessed have retired for this episode. God save the pod. And if you fancy the podcast, give Royally Obsessed the royal rating of five stars on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. Royally Obsessed is a gallery podcast production.